I think we have nothing if we don't take action. Like we, we will get nowhere if we don't actually get the ball rolling. So I think action is really important, but it is really tough to keep going and to make it to whatever finish line you have in your mind. If you have not worked on your mindset and are not consistently working on your mindset, it's not, it's not a one and done. Being the mom you want to be doesn't have to be difficult. It's all about building healthy self-care habits overcoming mindset roadblocks, and finding support. Welcome to Habit Maker Mama. It's the go-to podcast for busy moms who want to care for themselves. I'm your host, Heather Kerwin, and I'm a mother of three, pilot wife, and physician assistant. Together, we are going to redefine self-care so you can be the mom you want to be. Let's transform how you care for yourself starting right now. Do you find yourself jumping all in when you want to change something in your life? In an attempt to get healthy, you change your diet, start a new workout plan, and try to drink all the water you can, only to get overwhelmed, burnt out, and back to square one. You aren't alone. Building healthy habits without burning out requires an understanding of how to start small and grow from there. Our guest this week shares what a supermom is, and tips for how you can build healthy habits without burning out. Lori Whitney Overbreckling is a mom of four, corporate leader, podcaster, productivity expert, and author of the book, Secrets of Supermom, How Extraordinary Moms Succeed at Work and Home, and How You Can Too. She is passionate about helping parents who want fulfilling careers or side hustles or passion projects, while also wanting to feel present and connected to their families. Hi, Lori. I am just so thrilled and so excited to have you here today. This is such a treat for me and for all of our listeners today. Um, so first of all, I just I want to know a little bit about you. Yes. So hello, I am Lori Overbreckling, and I am a wife. I am a mom of four. My oldest just turned 13 last Friday. Oh, um, and I know it's crazy. Um, so she just turned 13. I have an 11 year old son and then a nine year old daughter and a six year old son. So Amazing. six and a half years between the four of them, we went from zero to 60 <laughs> and we are in Phoenix, um, where it is still just barely thinking it might want to turn into fall. It's a uh, hot, still very hot. Um, but we're getting little glimpses of it. So that's kind of fun. Um, yeah. And I am a corporate leader. I work full-time in corporate America uh, in the clinical research sector. And I am an author, podcaster, and photographer, all the things, so many things. I just love your background because you have experience in so many fields. It's not just, okay, here's my one track. It's I've tried all of these different things and gathered information and tips and tricks and experience just from all of these life, life journeys. So I love that you bring so much to the table just from having tried things in life. Yes, it is. And I feel like each little piece fulfills a certain need. So I don't know if, if your listeners feel this, but so my corporate job is very timeline driven, super challenging. I'm working with brilliant people, amazing doctors, right? Like we're working with some of the top minds, right? And so there's all of this, logical challenge, all of this really exciting, but very left-brained activity. And then I sort of got into photography because my 
my creative part just wasn't fulfilled enough in my corporate job. I loved so many pieces of it, but it just, but I didn't give me the opportunity to be really, truly creative a lot. And so that's where photography came in. And it felt like this perfect balance because I was always getting to be super creative because it's super fun to, you know, come up with all these exciting ideas and trying to figure out how to actually make them happen. Right. Um, but then I got to still do all the logical stuff. And so now writing the book and doing the podcast and getting to interact with amazing women and learn all different amazing things has really just kind of come full circle. It's like the perfect package of all these awesome things that I get to do every single day. What a cool way to really um, kind of reflect on yourself and what you needed and to really say, hey, I have this area of myself and my growth and development taken care of as far as the left brain, like you mentioned, but I'm really just missing this aspect. And I and I have a way that I could incorporate this uh, into my life in a way that's enjoyable and really takes care of, you know, kind of my whole self in a nice, fun way. So what yes. a great way to kind of take care of yourself since, you know, we're here for self-care um, in a way that's really, really neat and, um, you know, just different, something that you yeah. have thought of just, you know, offhandedly. Well, and one, I'll tell you the way that I actually got into it, the way that I figured out that I needed it. Um, and so if you're not always sure what you need, um, find out where you're jealous of something. So I was actually, I had a sister-in-law and she had a basement studio. She was not a photographer for anyone else. She just created a basement studio because she loved to photograph her kids. She still does. She takes all sorts of amazing pictures of them and she has four. And she loved to do this. And I, every time I saw her photos, I found myself being so jealous that she got to do this. And I thought, why are you so jealous of this? Why is this like, you know, why is every single time you see this, it's like you want it. And I was like, oh, this is what you want to do. This would fulfill this need that you have. And so I would challenge folks to, you know, if you are like, man, I don't know what I need. Well, I don't know what kind of self-care I need. Find those little hints in where you might feel jealous of someone else and go, oh, maybe that's what I actually need. And for me, it was photography. And like from that moment on, then, I mean, I still absolutely adore her pictures, but of course I never have that pang anymore because I was able to fulfill it. Wow. What a great tip right off the bat, because when I kind of think just about a few things in my life that immediately clicks and I think, wow, I could really apply that right away to something in a small way to just, you know, it started with something that I'm feeling jealous about that could actually be very helpful to me. All right. You are a super mom. And that is how I see you, <laughs> you four kids juggling all these different things, but always just happy. Every time I have interacted with you and just seeing you on Instagram and on the other places, you just always exude such a positive excitement and something that I really, um, admire about you. So I want to know, and I'm holding the book up here. I know that this is audio, but I have <laughs> their secrets of super mom, which um, I have read. So how did you begin this journey to starting secrets of super mom? Yeah, I, so I always thought writing a book would be cool. Like since I've been little, right. I've always loved to read. So I always thought it would be cool, but I never had really like fiction wise had never really had a story that came to my mind and then nonfiction wise, I didn't get into nonfiction until I was much older. I really liked fiction a lot in my teens, you know, even before that, 20s. Uh, and so I, I didn't really think about putting this into play. And then we had a pandemic 
And I realized, holy moly, there are some moms that are really struggling, like really, really struggling. You know, we all had to homeschool. We were still trying to work our corporate jobs, you know, in my case, and and I knew a lot of corporate moms and, you know, even the moms that were staying home or working part-time, everything was different. Mm-hmm. And it, and there were moms that were really not thriving. I would not call it thriving. I don't think anyone was thriving. Um, but there were women that were feeling better about the way that they were processing their life than some of the others who really felt like everything was falling apart. And I thought, what is the difference here? What are they doing that is different that is actually working for them? So I surveyed and interviewed almost a hundred or uh, almost 200. I was like 180 some women. And there were some patterns. There were patterns about taking care of their health, prioritizing themselves, actually resting on purpose, like using strategies, planning, time management, putting some of these things into place. And these were just themes over and over again. So the book turned into 16 themes, 16 secrets that, that these women were using and that I was using as well, that helped us get through things that were hard and helped us be able to have the life that we really wanted and live the life that we wanted instead of constantly feeling we're fighting against ourselves. So that's where it started and and everything came from that. Amazing. And it sounds like you um, really connected with these secrets that the other moms shared, that it wasn't just, oh, you know, great tip. It's, oh, I'm actually also implementing this in my life and I can attest that it's working. Am I right about that? Absolutely. So I, there were things that I, so in my past, there were things that I were, was, would do, right. I just was doing them. They, they were working for me. And then I would read about them in a book or I would hear about them from another mom. And I'm like, yes, I do that. And I'm like, oh, this is why it works. Right. It was just things that I had kind of put together on my own, but yes. And so it was, it felt really nice to be like, yes, this is why we're all doing this because it works because it's helping us because it's making us feel energized or happy or connected or balanced or whatever you want to call it. It was just making our lives better. And, and so, yeah, I, so in the book, there's, you know, some of my own stories, some stories of friends and and people from that I interviewed. And then of course, like actual tangible tips that you can use, not just kind of, you know, it's not all mindset focused. There is, there are actual, like you can read it and do the task right after you read that chapter. So um, I like it for that too, because sometimes you know, you have to have your mindset there. You've got to have the idea that you want what, you know, you've got to be thinking about the things that you want and be able to believe that they're possible. You, you need to have that in place, but some of us are like, okay, but I already have that. I just need to like, I still need a step, right? I still need to know an action to take. And so the book combines both of those and makes it very actionable too. This might be a bit of a chicken before the egg question, but what do you think is more important if there is one mindset versus taking action. I go back and forth all the time. And so I'm curious to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah. I think we have nothing if we don't take action, like Mm -hmm. we, we will get nowhere if we don't actually get the ball rolling. So I think action is really important, but it is really tough to keep going and to make it to whatever finish line you have in your mind. If you have not worked on your mindset and are not consistently working on your mindset. It's not, it's not a one and done. It's not read a mindset book and now you're good forever, right? It's constantly going, what questions am I asking myself? I'm feeling this way. What, what thoughts am I having? 
what is impacting me? What is holding me back? What is what is getting in my way today? Right. I um I I talk about health and I talk about you know habits and all of these these really like good things that help our body feel good so that we can have our mind feel good. And this week I've struggled with that. I've struggled with body stuff this week. So I, in my mind have said, this is getting in your way of doing all the things that you want to do this mindset block. So what is going on? What is different? What are the thoughts that are coming up and how can we keep working on those? So even me all the time, right? I have to pay attention because sometimes things that come and get in the way. And then I have to be able to say, okay, what, what is going on here that I can that isn't true, right? Maybe I'm telling myself something that's not true. Maybe I'm telling myself something that is that used to be true and is maybe coming back and spiraling around. Um, so I just, I think that the mindset work is consistent, right? You have to keep working on that. But the only place way we're going to get moving forward is the action. So they kind of go hand in hand. So you have a really um, high level habit there, but one that is pretty easy, but I think takes a lot of awareness. You check in with yourself. You you mentally check in and say, how am I doing with X, Y, Z aspect of my life? You know, just like you mentioned with some of the body aspects or the physical health aspects, it sounds like you kind of were checking in. Is that something that has grown over time? You have a, a degree in psychology. Is that something that's grown over time or you just feel like you kind of developed? Tell me about that part a little bit. Yeah, I think it's definitely grown over time. I'm more intentional about doing it, but I think I have always, so people would ask me, are you really always as happy? Are you always as energized? You know, I would go to work meetings and they would say, are you always like this? And I would say, yeah, I really am. But I mean, I'm not always, obviously we all have our down days. We all have our, I don't know. Days. I've seen you always <laughs> like this though. <laughs> we do. We all have our hard days, we all of our, you know, rough times, but I, I don't like to feel yucky. Most of us don't. Right. And sometimes you have to sit in the yucky to figure out what that yucky is coming from. But for me, I want to know what it is because if it's something that I can work on, I want to work on it. If it's something that I can prevent, I want to prevent it. And so I want to be really aware of what's going on so that I can make changes if I want to make changes. Maybe I don't. Maybe it's something that's way too hard to work on, right? Maybe it's something that it's, it's not the right time for me to work on it. But I at least want to be able to check in with myself and say, hey, what's going on? Why are you unhappy today? Why are you not feeling as energized as you normally would at four in the morning when you wake up, right? Why are you not feeling what is go what is different this week than than it was last week? What's different? And so, and it can be a number of things. Maybe it was that, you know, we ate terrible food all weekend and I'm just feeling like, ugh. You know, maybe it's that I skipped a workout. I don't usually skip a workout anymore, but, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like it could be any of these, any of these things, but I really try to be aware so that I can decide if there is something to change and, and decide what that is. I like being in your brain because I feel like I can really see um, a non-judgmental aspect where you're just checking in. It's as if you were looking at yourself from afar and um, just reflecting on how you're feeling, not in a way that's, oh, you're you're so lame, Lori. You didn't do your workout today or you didn't get up at 5 a.m. It's just, huh, I've noticed that I'm feeling X, Y, Z way and I don't really like how that feels. So how can I change that? You know, it's very yes. respectful of yourself. Well, and it, that is, that is, it is work. That's the work, right? Like that's some of the work that has to be done because 
so many of us have the yucky, evil self-talk that wants to come up and say, you know, you, you didn't do that because you're lazy. You didn't do that because you never follow through. You didn't do that because you, you know, you never keep promises to yourself, right? You didn't do that because you're always going to be X, Y, Z way. And that is not helpful. It's just not right. It not only does it just tear apart our confidence, but it doesn't help with anything to be able to move forward. So I do have to work and say, nope, like this is not, this doesn't make me a bad person. It doesn't make me a bad mom. Doesn't make me a bad employee. Doesn't make me bad anything. It just makes me human. And now I get to decide, like, is this the kind of human that I want to continue to be? Or is this the kind of human that I'm not interested in being? And I get to change the way that I think about it, I get to change the actions I take. And, and that is, it builds confidence. And it's also pretty stinking freeing because I'm in control of, of everything, right? I, I mean, obviously not of everything, but anything that I like allow to happen, I can say, I get to choose how I feel about it. I get to choose how I'm going to act on it. I get to choose how I'm going to let it tear me down or let it build me up. I'm feeling so, um, energized and empowered just listening to talk about it. I'm like, oh yes, that's amazing. We can change it. We can do anything. Um, and I loved your chapter um, in the book about positive self-talk and some of those really tangible tips that you provided. I thought it was so helpful. Um, what does the term, speaking of the book, super mom mean to you? Yes. I, I think super mom, it's like it's like a bad female word in the past that we would like take back, right? I feel like we're taking back the word supermom and that it is not someone who creates Pinterest perfect parties unless you love to do that. And then you should do that because if that makes you feel like supermom, get to it. If you hate doing that, you should never do that. Um, it is not those those outward things that make you look perfect where you feel like you're falling apart on the inside. That is not supermom. Supermom to me is you are the mom that you wanna be you are the career woman. If you want to be a career woman or business woman or business owner or whatever it is, the, that side of you is filled and you are meeting your own personal goals. And all of that feels like it is in balance and aligned. And it's like, you're living your best life. That to me is super mom. When I feel like a super mom, it's when I feel like I did all the things that were really important to me, parenting, career, uh, you know, hitting all of my most amazing goals because I continue to b have more, right? And being able to do all of that and feel really good about it, that's when I feel like a super mom. And that's what I want for other women to be able to be an amazing mom and be an amazing whatever it else is that you want to be and feel amazing about it. That definition is so helpful because I think as moms, you know, we're constantly, or at least I am constantly kind of looking at others and finding this comparison and getting stuck in that comparison and your definition is so individual. It's not, you're not saying the what of, oh, in order to be a super mom, your laundry has to be put away and folded every single day. In order to be a super mom, you have to have a, a perfectly pristine kitchen. No, it's what's important to you and your family and your life and what you want to do with it. It's not a comparison to anybody else. Um, and I think that is probably where a struggle with hearing maybe the term super mom is we have this image of what a super mom is and looks like, but really that's in the eye of the beholder and an individual. You have to kind of reflect in yourself to to know what super mom means. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I, 
I think, you know, the, if you come to my house, it will not be perfect. And right. And, but if I think my, my mom's a super mom, and if you go to her house, it will be perfect <laughs> at any moment of any day. So I think it's really those things that are important to us, right? Those things that make us feel like we are living our best life. Those are the things that we can focus on. And by being able to focus on those things and allowing ourselves not to focus on the things that are not critically important to us, that are not priorities in our life, then we can really live those super mom moments. And we can be present for those super mom moments because so often we're worried about all of these things that don't we don't actually care about, right? They're not actually priorities. We're just letting other people drive our priorities. And then we feel like we're never present for any part of it. We're not present at work. We're not present in our business. We're not present with our family. And that is that is not when we feel like a super mom. We don't, right? We, when we feel like we're wallowing in mom guilt all day long, we don't feel like super mom. So I, I want you to be able to be present and, and I want to be present in all my moments. Yeah. Now, do you feel like your priorities choose you or do you think that you actively sit down and choose your priorities? So it's kind of a tricky question, but I've been yeah, thinking about priorities been a lot. About it. So you mentioned it and I was like, I wonder how many people actually sit down and reflect on, is this a priority to me? Or if the things we enjoy doing just kind of naturally, you know, we spend more time on them. So uh, that's why I'm asking. Yeah, I think so. Certainly there are things like fires, right? Like that come up that our priority may have chosen us, right? right. We have no control over like a child's broken arm, right? Like, okay, <laughs> the priority of being at the hospital today is is now is now mine. But I think that we start to feel what feels right, what feels important. And if it's something that we don't enjoy, if it's something that we dread, we start to deep, even if it's something that someone else has said, this is really important. We start to deprioritize that, you know, maybe slowly, and eventually those things that we really do enjoy, those things that really light us up are what come out. Um, so I think they do choose us a little bit, right? Because those, we keep getting those pushings, those internal feelings of, ew, this is not what I want, or wow, this is really awesome. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. for me, prioritize, you know, I prioritize pick, taking extra photo shoots in the fall because families love to have their photos taken. But every time I do it, I'm always like, oh. I love this. You know, I just love it so much. And so I, so I think that priority, I choose it, but it also kind of chooses me. Yeah. Yeah. And that perfectly kind of, um, segues into something else that you are so helpful with, which is building habits and with choosing our priorities. How do you think that we can really build healthy habits without burning out? You know, as moms, we just have so many things going on. Like, how do we choose something? And then how do we go along that track to say, I want to change, but I need to do this in a sustainable way? Yeah, I think so. A lot of the moms that I work with are super ambitious, right? They have the family and the career and they're building a business on the side and they have all these other passions and they just love so many things, right? And so they go at new habits so often in the same way that they, you know, they go full all into their life. Well, when we go full all in, like let's, if we're talking about health habits, for example, when we go full all in, if we didn't have those habits before, almost always we fail out of that, right? We very few people, are you going to find that we're doing nothing and then all of a sudden decided to change all the food and all, and drink all the water and do all the working out and do, and they were able to maintain that and they kept all the things. 
most people, uh, the balls will start to drop, workouts will fall away, food will start to not get focused on, tracking will go out the window, and all of a sudden they're back to where they started because they try to do all the things instead of working those tiny habits into their life, going, today I'm going to drink one extra glass of water, and tomorrow I'm going to drink one extra glass of water, right? And consistently do one small thing, consistently do that until it's a habit add in another little small thing because we want it all. We want it all right now. We don't want to wait for it. But if we want to be able to say, I'm doing this in five years and I'm doing this in 25 years and in 50 years, I'm still doing this too. We have to start with those tiny, small changes so that you can maintain it because you just can't, you can't maintain massive change. Your, your brain is, your brain tells you to stop. It doesn't want you to do that. It's too much. It's too much. Yeah. That's so helpful. Um, and I can definitely relate to being one of those ambitious all in jumpers where I get from zero to 100. And um, I really had to work on a telling my brain, not only is it okay, but it is good and necessary to start small, that jumping all in often is going to lead me like you just said, back to ground zero. Um, so right now I'm about six weeks postpartum. So I'm kind of getting back into my, you know, movement habits and um, my nutrition habits that make me feel good. And so logically, the first thing I did was, okay, what plan can I sign up for? What can I do? I'm ready to go. I want to feel like myself again. And, you know, my husband had to remind me, okay, I think maybe we're trying to do a little too much here. <laughs> maybe let's reel it in a little bit. Um, and so I've just been, instead of doing this whole big uh, you know, fitness program, fitness plan. I've just been starting with 10 minutes of strength training um, and 10 minutes of stretching and starting there and, and kind of saying, you know what, it's okay. If I see other people maybe doing something different, something more, something less, this is where I'm at. And this is what's going to help me establish this as a habit moving forward and get that ball rolling. So I really appreciate you highlighting those points because they are so true. And I think when we talk about them, it's easy to think about them, but sometimes hard to put them in action of starting yes, small. It is. But I think the the other part of it is that if you went full bore, there are going to be days where you'd probably be excited about it, right? Especially early on, but there are going to be a whole lot of really hard days and to push through that is tough. And so when we start small, like if you're saying, I'm going to do 10 minutes of stretching, you know, for the next three weeks, I'm going to do 10 minutes of stretching and that's it. Then that's easy, right? You're, it's easy to keep that promise to yourself. And at the end of that, as you continue to keep that promise, you're casting a vote for you. You're casting a vote for, I can make, keep my promises to myself. I can move every day. I can write whatever those, whatever those goals are that you're setting. And then you can scale that and be, and add more to it and grow. And I just think that we, we want all the things right away. And, and that's just, almost never the way that success works. Totally. And I also think by starting small, it can really help you evaluate if it truly is something that you want to have in your life. If you start so big that it becomes unattainable, you don't really get to assess fully, do I like this or not? Because you can't really stay consistent. But if you, you know, do that stretching habit for, you know, two months or however long, three weeks, you said straight, then you can really say at the end of that, oh, I really like this. I'm going to keep doing it. Or actually, this doesn't really seem to be that necessary in my life. Doesn't need to be a priority. Maybe I don't need to do this right now. 
Yes, exactly. I, um, I was talking to a woman the other day, she was adding, she had added mindfulness to, mm. she had a, a mindfulness practice. She started really small. She'd been doing it really consistently. And now anytime she skips, she can tell she skipped and she goes right back into it. That's the, what you want from that habit, right? So that when you do skip it, your body says, oh, but you liked that. Oh, that was actually making you feel a lot more patient with your children. That was making you feel a lot calmer every day. That had taken away some of your anxiety, right? So you can start to then assess, be intentional because you're so consistent. You're able to be intentional and say, what is this? Is this really working for me? How, how is it working for me? And, and then be able to get right back to it. If you do have days where you skip, or if you do have weeks where you skip even. Yeah. A hundred percent. So I know that this is essentially the, um, kind of everything that's in your book, but do you have a few secrets that you can share about staying physically, mentally, emotionally well while raising, you know, for you, four children, maintaining a corporate job, building a business, just all the things that you do. What few secrets can you give us without, um, you know, just giving us the whole book because this is what people need. <laughs> <laughs> the, yeah, I think for me, being really intentional with what I want. And to be super honest, we will, if we want a tangible tips, you can take away. I track stuff. I track so many things mm. and not just for being able to say that I did it because I, I was hearing someone talk the other day and she said, well, I started to just say, oh, I did my morning routine. And I was checking it as if I was checking a box and not really paying attention. I'm not tracking for the purposes of checking a box, though checking a box is fun. And especially if you're an Enneagram three, then that's a super <laughs> nice thing to have. So I like that too. But really I am tracking for being able to pay attention. Just like what we were talking about before, I track what I eat. I track workouts. I track, I have you know my schedule pretty planned out and I do time blocking. And so all those things together allow me to be intentional about my life. And if I'm feeling yucky, I can look and say, is it because I'm not eating well? Is it because I'm not moving? Is it because I have scheduled every single minute of my day and I have nothing that I love? I have no white space. I have no time if something goes awry, right? Because things will. And if we don't schedule those buffers or white space in, we could lose it all. Um, and so by just being really intentional and tracking a lot of those things, I am able to take a good look always and then I, again, I can make the changes that I want to make. So for me, that is, those are the big things that allow me to stay consistent and allow me to really live my best life every day. I love that. I love how many systems you have that don't seem difficult because they've become habitual in your life. There are things that you have just kind of incorporated over time that are just um, seamless. You know, you just kind of sounds like you do them and you don't have to think a lot about them, but they really help you um, do all of these things that you want to do and be the mom that you want to be. Um, and so for someone who really wants to get into the brain of Lori Overbreckling, so Secrets of Supermom, obviously your incredible book is available, but what are some other ways that moms can connect with you? Absolutely. So my website's the best place to go, secretsofsupermom.com. Um, that is where, I, you know, you can connect with me on social. That is where you can get the book. Uh, that is where you can listen to the podcast. Um, so I think that that's the best place to go because you can find all the things. Um, and then, you know, there's all, always fun goodies. We have a society and we've got a toolkit and we've got all sorts of other fun things there too. 
Perfect. So hanging out with Lori Moore can be in her society because she has this incredible group of women who are um, learning new things every month and working on um, personal growth and family growth and so many different aspects of life. Um, and I love that you are offering your time in that aspect to help um, other moms, you know, be super moms and the moms that they want to be, which is such an incredible, empowering tool that you're offering. So thanks for doing that for all of the moms out Absolutely. there. Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. My final question for you, what is your favorite self-care activity? I know that's really tough. <laughs> favorite self-care activity, probably waking up early. Um, I, so I, I mean, I have to make myself go to bed uh, at a decent time, but I like my morning routine time without children awake has really just set my day for so many years that I feel like that's the way that I take care of myself is that I get up and I have that time in the morning. That's just for me that I get to focus on the things I want to focus on so that I can have the day I want a day, but you know, and if we have the day we want to have, then we get to have the life we want to have. Beautiful. You get to start the day that you uh, want and how you want to start it. Such a great self-care activity. Lori, thank you so much for your time. This has been so enjoyable. I loved picking your brain hearing the way that you think about things and the way that you think about being a super mom. You encourage and inspire me to be the mom that I want to be. And I know that you do that for so many other moms. So thanks for being here and um, letting us get into your brain. It's always so fun to talk to you. <laughs> if you're loving the Habit Maker Mama podcast, I want to invite you to check out our free five-day self-care plan. So you can jumpstart your journey to incorporating self-care into your day as a busy mom. You can head to habitmakermama.com forward slash prioritize yourself challenge or head to the link in the show notes. You'll receive daily support to help you in starting on your journey to caring for yourself. Again, head to habitmakermama.com. See you next time.